Hello, and welcome back to the podcast series on targeted temperature management. This is part of our TTM Academy program at the University of Pennsylvania. My name is Dr. Benjamin Abella. I'm an emergency physician and director of the TTM Academy program. This program will cover a range of topics on cardiac arrest, post-arrest care, and specifically the use of temperature management, uh, which used to be known as therapeutic hypothermia, but is now better known as targeted temperature management. So in this podcast, we will be discussing a very exciting trial that just came out in JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association, known as the PRINCESS trial. And the PRINCESS trial was evaluating a new device to perform targeted temperature management. And in a sense, it was looking at the timing of TTM. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest questions I get when I talk to clinicians at hospitals around the country and around the world about TTM is, hey, Dr. Abella, how important is it to start TTM right away? That is the clinical scenario. A patient comes into the emergency department. uh, They may get transferred to the ICU. Do we need to start TTM in the ER? Can we wait till the ICU? Should we start in the field before they even arrive to the hospital? In other words, how sensitive is patient outcome to the timing of TTM. And this, of course, really clinically matters. Um, If it's not so sensitive, you have time to figure out whether you want to do a certain therapy or wait till they get to the ICU. If it really does matter, you need to start it right away. And so this has been studied in the animal lab for years and years, but there have been precious few studies looking at the timing of TTM following cardiac arrest in the clinical environment. Well, this study just published in JAMA, um, which will generate a lot of excitement, is one of those such studies. Now, cooling people in the field is hard. What has traditionally been done is people have received cold fluids, IV. And to summarize quickly the bottom line, um, we don't recommend it. That is to say, a number of studies have shown that giving cold IV fluids in EMS in pre-hospital care does not improve outcomes, and there may be some risks to doing that. So that practice has largely fallen out of favor, and in the uh, notes to this, I will provide some bibliographic references if you want to learn more about those trials. The current trial, on the other hand, it uses a new technology called transnasal evaporative cooling. And this is a device that is a little uh, outlandish if you think about it, but it's, uh, but the, the proof of concept is sound. Basically, nasal prongs are inserted in the nostrils, and a rapidly evaporative coolant fluid, in this case it's something called perfluorohexane, um, it's an inert liquid, uh, it's not reactive, it's not absorbed into the body, and it rapidly evaporates in the nose against the cribriform plate and causes direct brain cooling. So it rapidly cools the brain. I mean, talk about a slushy headache, right? This is direct brain cooling, and it works very quickly. Um, And it's been studied in prior trials and in the animal lab. But this is the first major randomized trial that was powered to clinical outcomes and neurologic recovery. So the question of this trial was, does transnasal evaporative cooling, which can be delivered very rapidly in the pre-hospital setting, improve outcomes from cardiac arrest? So in a way, it gets at the timing, but it even goes one step further. They have uh, randomized patients to cooling during arrest. So this is is wild and important. The question is, can you even cool during CPR itself so that when you get the pulse back, 
they're already cool. And in the animal lab, work from our team and others have shown that this is a great strategy. You can make many more mice and dogs and pigs survive cardiac arrest if you cool during CPR. In humans, we don't know. So this is the first trial looking at that. And these were pre-hospital patients who uh, had witnessed cardiac arrest. Uh, they were any rhythm, uh, uh, and uh, so they, we don't know the cause of their arrest necessarily, but they had to be witnessed, and they were randomized to either intra-arrest cooling or standard of care, which was they would wait to hospital arrival, and then a standard hospital-based TTM protocol would be used. And in this trial, the pre-hospital providers would apply this device, shoot this gas up people's noses, cool the brains, and then deliver the patients to the hospital where continued care would be delivered. And in this trial, they looked at survival, they looked at a number of surrogate outcome measures as well, and then very importantly, they looked at neurologic recovery. That is to say, they looked at whether patients had a cerebral performance category, CPC of one or two, at 90 days. So that's an outstanding outcome measure to use because that's what we care about, right? We, we care about people's brain recovery and neurologic function. Survival is not enough. So, so I applaud them on choosing a very rigorous and robust outcome measure. Now, uh, to give you some details of their patients and enrollment and so forth, this was a study of around 660 patients, so it's reasonably sized. Um, the two groups, that is the nasal cooling group and the control group, are pretty well matched with age and gender and all the usual things. You can read the paper. I don't, I don't think it's worth going through all those details right now. Just trust me when I say it's pretty well matched. They had a pretty high bystander CPR rate in both groups. So the majority of patients got bystander CPR, which is fantastic and speaks to, I think, a lot of the great work being done in Europe where this trial was conducted on how uh, well the public is trained in CPR. So a high bystander CPR rate. The other thing worth pointing out is a high post-arrest cath rate. So a lot of these patients got angiography. Over half of all the patients in the trial got acute angiography upon hospital arrival, which is pretty remarkable. And dare I say, not particularly common in the United States in our, our practice. So that's, that's a little side note worth mentioning. Now, to the main results, unfortunately, survival was no different. Survival to hospital discharge, long-term survival was not different in either group. So looking at this study in a simple way, this study should not change practice tomorrow. So if you're listening as a clinician and you're wondering, how does this impact me? The best I can tell you is this is a very exciting uh, therapy, but this trial should not influence what you do tomorrow. Uh, when you look at your protocol for TTM. On the other hand, what's very interesting about this trial is when they looked at the VFib patients, those are the patients you're most likely to influence outcome, and they looked among the survivors at brain recovery, there was much better brain recovery in the shockable rhythm patients. Um, this is sort of a post hoc analysis, so you know it's going to be it's going to be uh, criticized as as not their main outcome measure. Was it just fishing? So we can't say for sure. But I'll tell you, I'm encouraged. This is consistent with a lot of animal studies that have also shown a big benefit with intra-arrest cooling and neurologic recovery, and it's a pretty striking result. So if you look at the uh, paper, I'd advise you if you're going to look at one thing, if you have three minutes to look at this paper as it sits on the coffee table, look at figure three in their paper, because that's the one where they look at neurologic recovery and shockable rhythms. And there's a, I think, a signal here, meaning I think there they may be onto something um, for uh, getting brain recovery after cardiac arrest. The bottom line, though, is we're going to need more studies. 
This is going to need to be done in a larger study, I think, of only shockable rhythm patients, and uh, and, and it will bear out. So the two take-home points I would say is, one, that this study shouldn't change what you do tomorrow. So that's good news for those of you who worry that a new study needs to be integrated into practice. But number two, for those of you who are very interested in the topic of TTM and TTM timing, stay tuned. I think this nasal cooling therapy is going to receive a lot of attention. I think there will be more studies and more trials in the next two or three years. And it's something to sort of bookmark for future reference. For those of you also interested in technology, I think this is a fascinating paper looking at a very new technology to cooling, and one could imagine other applications where rapid cooling might be of interest. So I think this is an interesting paper. The study group is certainly going to stay engaged uh, in this therapy. The device itself is approved for use in Europe, so I suspect there will be increasing use in both Europe and Asia. Until they get FDA approval, uh, it will not be able for to be purchased in the United States, so, um, so you couldn't use this even even if you wanted tomorrow, um, but under trial conditions, maybe so. So with that, I'd like to reach several uh, take-home points for our listeners. Number one, uh, this trial shouldn't change what you do tomorrow with your protocol at your hospital. So that's good news for those of you who worry about JAMA and New England Journal papers and whether you need to change your practice. But number two, I think this is a very interesting and exciting result that might lead to future studies and is worth keeping an eye on because it suggests that intra-arrest cooling may influence brain recovery and may influence outcomes. Intra-arrest cooling requires new technology, and so that leads to a third point that we really need new technologies in the cardiac arrest space and in post-arrest care. And so I think for those of you interested in technologies, such as intranasal uh, cooling. This is, a, this is a fascinating topic to explore further, and we'll certainly be coming back to this in future podcasts and other course materials. And with that, I would also point out that for those of you who are interested, we are having a TTM Academy boot camp in Philadelphia on June 20th and 21st. So if those of you uh, want to come to a CME and CEU course that's all about post-cardiac arrest care and TTM, please join us. You can check us out on our website. Uh, if you Google TTM Academy, you can learn more about how to register for our course, or you can certainly contact me at the University of Pennsylvania. Thank you very much, and we look forward to welcoming you back again um, in several weeks for a fifth episode of TTM Academy Podcasts. Mm-hmm.